Welcome to All My Children Wear Fur Coats with Peggy Hoyt. Our goal is to keep loved pets in loving homes by educating pet parents about the importance of ensuring every pet has a forever home. For more information about creating a legacy for your pet or to listen to archive shows, visit AnimalCareTrustUSA.org or LegacyForYourPet.com. Join your host, author, estate planning attorney, and animal advocate, Peggy Hoyt. Hello, pet lovers. Welcome to All My Children Wear Fur Coats. I'm your host, Peggy Hoyt. And this show is brought to you by the law offices of Hoyt and Brian, where we create estate plans for pets and their people. Also brought to you by Animal Care Trust USA, a national nonprofit dedicated to keeping loved pets in loving homes. We educate pet parents about the importance of protecting their pets with the Pet Trust. For more information, visit actforpets, A-C-T, forpets.org. Today, it is my pleasure to welcome to our show our special guest. Her name is Bessie D. Dominica, better known as Dr. Pet Mom. Welcome to the show, Bessie. Thank you very much, Peggy. I'm thrilled and happy to join you today. Well, I'm just very excited to finally get to have a chance to talk to you in depth and learn about what you're doing. And um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. I'll tell you, just to start with um, the name of Dr. Pet Mom, and initially, I know I'm not a veterinarian, but I am a PhD in food policy. And just so you'll know, the reason that I picked food policy was because I wanted to find a backdoor way to help animals. I didn't want us to do my research on things that would make me unhappy, you know, like zoos, for example, which are kind of nice to have, but there are downsides to things like that. And so I decided to focus on food. And I worked on my dissertation on urban agriculture, and I wanted to try to encourage people to grow their own food in the city. The whole point of that was so that people would, once they start to grow their own food, they would eat fewer animal-based food products and more plant-based food. And on the tail end side of that, then they would be healthier, and some of the animals, of course, would be less harmed. So it was sort of a backdoor way for me to start to help animals. And... um, Based on that alone, as an animal lover, the name Dr. Pitman just seemed to be a perfect fit for me because I I really do love working with animals. And also, I truly am a doctor, so it's not like a name that I made up, but it's really kind of a nice fit for me, and it feels very comfortable and fun for me. So I really enjoy that name. Well, I um, love that name, too. I I think that's terrific that you've adopted Dr. (laughs) Pitman as your moniker. And, uh, right. and and really that you recognize that there's a way to um, eat healthier that doesn't include um, animal products, that we can be a lot more plant-based. Um, it's kind of interesting. I had the opportunity, um, Dr. Pet Mom, to talk to, uh, I taught two semesters of animal law at the uh, law school level. Oh. And um, as part of my law school curriculum, I gave my students an opportunity to become vegetarians for the semester as a way of earning some extra credit. And um, they had to keep a journal during this time period. And um, because my students were doing this project, I decided to do it with them. And um, so I gave up meat and became a vegetarian in 2008. And uh, I've never gone back actually. 
Wow, excellent. That's a good, see, I love those kinds of stories, Peggy, because it is possible to change your mindset about food, which in turn will change your mindset about animals. That's Absolutely. great. That's great. Absolutely. And it, and it really, it, it was just the exclamation point for me on, you know, a lifelong effort towards animal advocacy, but one where, you know, people had asked me in the past, are you a vegetarian? And I always said, no, and, and there really wasn't a good reason why it wasn't. Um, so right. I'm happy to be a vegetarian. And um, <laughs> despite the fact that people think that I'm a difficult house guest, I'm really not because I can eat anything. Um, <laughs> right, exactly. I, I'm very easy to please, you know. <laughs> Just no hamburger. Well, that's interesting that you say that, that you say that, Peggy, because, you know, the Harvard Law School has a whole special large program, growing program on animal law. You know that, right? Yes. yes. Um, and lots more people are applying to the school because they have a specialty in animal law. Yep. Um, yes, people are learning that animal law reaches across all categories of law. Every area of law that you can think of has an animal law component to it. And um, so I think yeah. people really weren't aware of that for a while, but um, it's becoming much more commonplace and, um, and very interesting. So, I mean, for me in my practice as an estate planning and elder law attorney, I found a way to make animals a part of my everyday practice by creating estate plans for pets and their people. And, um, mm -hmm. and then I get the pleasure of talking to people like yourself, who also have a broader vision for creating a community of pet parents, um, so that we can continue this movement of thinking about animals. So tell us more about, um, about the Dr. Pet Mom pet parents community. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you for sharing that, Peggy. Yes, I started the uh, pet parent community because the bottom line was I adopted a rescue cat who saved my life and also helped another cat that I had who was sick. I had a kitty who was, uh, we adopted him as a kitten. And by the time he was six years old, he started to get sort of sick. So what I decided to do, you know, was not only to help him with the veterinary care, but also try to find a therapy cat for him. And so I went out to find an older cat who was a rescue and I brought him home and he, the two of them, they loved each other. For the time that the, the kitty was alive, he, they were buddies. He learned to feel like a cat again. You know, this therapy cat was really very empathetic for the sick guy. And he helped him feel better and he made us feel better. And from there, I thought, you know, some of these older kitties really have a special quality about them. You know, very special quality there. They understand, they're caring, they're loving. And the whole point was that he opened my eyes to like, oh, I should tell people more about why they should adopt older or special needs kitties because they are the ones that are neglected. And so that was the main reason that I started Dr. Pet Mom because I wanted to tell people in the community, look, let's avoid buying pets, let's adopt them, rescue them, foster them and help them, specifically the older and the special needs animals, whatever their conditions are. So that's kind of what brought me to Dr. Pet Mom. And I some of the things that I do. Mission. Yeah, I think yeah. that's a great mission and a good way to bring people together and um, and teach people that, you know, pets are not only good for people, but they're good for other pets, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so how many animals do you have right now? <laughs> well, now, Peggy, I have three. I have a kitty 
and two birds. But at one time I had two cats and 16 birds. <laughs> yeah. What kind of birds are you in love with? Well, we had a bunch of little budgies, you know, little parakeets, and then we had two cockatiels. And, you know, these little guys, they live for a while, but, you know, sometimes birds are kind of fragile animals and they live as long as they live. But we still got one of the parakeets and also one of the cockatiels. So the cockatiel's been with us for at least a good 10 to 20 years now. Now that I think about it, yeah, he's been around for quite a while. Yeah, birds can live a long time. And and I'm, I'm not trying to say that I've never been a bird or, owner, but it's not because I don't appreciate <laughs> them or love them. I just, I've just never had that opportunity. I've always been too busy with horses and dogs and cats. Absolutely. Well, you know, it's interesting you say that, Peggy, because I've been doing some reading and a lot of the time they say, you know, cats are a great pet for like senior citizens or younger families. But the true reality is that birds are just like the perfect pet for people because you can live in any kind of a community. You can get a small bird or a big bird. You know, you can teach them tricks. They live in a small space. You can teach them all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, we've been interested in birds for a while because of the music that they produce. You know, they sound like they're singing all the time, even though they're just chirping. And they provide really a nice background noise in the household. <laughs> They really yeah. do. That's true. I was at a, a holiday party on Saturday and they had a cockatiel and two parakeets and they were so lovely. And the owner has done such a great job of socializing them and training them. And she allows them out of their cage to fly free in her home most of the time when when there aren't guests there. Oh. And the birds yeah. interact really in a wonderful way with their dog as well. Oh, boy. See, that's a great story. There you go. See, all kinds of pets can bring joy to all kinds of people and other pets, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, I know how bonded my cats are to each other. Um, So I and and I always tell people whenever they're thinking about getting either a cat or a dog or a horse, I always say get two um, because they'll keep each other company and um, and that's what that's what my dad always taught me about kids. He says, if you're going to have kids, have two because they'll play with each other. <laughs> right. <laughs> Stay out of your way. Exactly. <laughs> yes. So I did not translate that into the two legged variety, but I did translate that into the four legged variety. So uh, right. I have six dogs that keep each other company and two cats that keep oh, each other company. And um, I lost two horses this year. So I was down to one. And I borrowed a little miniature horse from a friend so that my remaining horse would have company as well. Right. Good idea. Definitely. Oh, boy. So good. You, I'm glad to hear that you're, you're going to keep helping these animals. Because you're right, Peggy, this companionship thing is a big deal for a lot of animals. They don't like to feel like afraid or lonely, scared. They enjoy the company of each other. Definitely. They absolutely do. And I love it that you have a special passion for senior and special needs pets because they really are special um, and can do so much. I mean, I don't think we give older pets the credit that they deserve or even the special needs pets. 
Um, I've had the opportunity to foster some seniors from time to time, and they are just the best pets because they are so grateful for the love and the kindness and the companionship that you can give to them. Absolutely, Craig. And, you know, that's another reason that I really promote Dr. Pet Mom is because I, I like to encourage people to sort of cast a wider net beyond kittens and puppies that are always so cute. Of course, and they'll always find a home. But when it comes to adopting the older animals, the special needs animals, you're right. There's a special quality about each one of them. And they're so grateful that you're taking them in, helping them along, keeping them warm, loving them, and keeping them safe. Because that's one of my things. You know, I don't like to see animals afraid, right? It's, it's just, it's very disheartening to see that. And so I encourage people to just, you know, avoid this whole thing with buying pets because you don't know where they come from. They could probably come from a kitten or a puppy mill if you go that way. Go to a rescue, go to an animal shelter and talk to people about the personality and the quality, a little bit, learn a little bit more about the pet, especially as you said, the senior and special needs pets because they're the ones who truly need a home too. Well, and once they're older and those personalities are developed, it's, it's so much easier to integrate them into your family actually. Um, with a puppy or a kitten, you don't always know what kind of personality you're going to get in the long run. And, uh, and so I really right. and appreciate yeah. the holders for that reason. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And you're right. You know, their their heart is already full of love and they're just waiting for you so they can share that love with you. That's one of the things I really love about these senior animals. Because, you know, they've seen a lot. They've done a lot. And they're house trained. They enjoy being with you and they know how to fit into your family. Exactly, Peggy. They know how to fit into your family. So tell me this, Dr. Pet Mom, if we were meeting here 10 years from today, what would your vision for your pet parents community look like? Well, that's a very good question. You know, in 10 years, what I would really like to do is start a pet retirement home in an animal sanctuary. I'd like to find a facility where I could set up specifically for helping older animals come in and finish their last few years with me where they can feel safe and loved and enjoy each other's company. And I also want to find work on the animal sanctuary parks. I want to bring in horses and alpacas and goats and cows so that they can just roam around and enjoy their lives as well. My main goal, of course, is to try to help as many homeless animals as possible. If I am the one that has to give them their forever home, that's fine with me. And that's one of the reasons why I want to start a pet retirement home and the animal sanctuary. And on top of that, I want to write more books about animals. Those are my goals for the next, say, 10, five to 10 years. Definitely. Excellent. Well, I understand you may have a new book coming out in 2022. Can you tell us about that? Yes, I'm very excited about that. Yes, I am. <laughs> I have a new book coming out. It's called Dr. Pet Mom's Pet Parenting Guide, How to Enjoy the Love and Friendship of Your Senior or Special Needs Pets. And one of the nice things I have in this book, which I really think, which really helped me learn more about animals, was I interviewed people, such as yourself, Peggy, who are experts in their area. I talked to people who are experts in dog training, people who work with in animal sanctuaries, who have started a pet retirement home. And I wanted to include something about a pet trust, Peggy, and that's one of the reasons I reached out to you. Because that whole thing about a legacy and thinking for the future of your animal, that's critical. It's so 
it's scary to think about those kinds of things, but the animals want to be safe. And if you're not there to help them, you are the one that has to plan for their future. You know, I put some, some of that information. That was very helpful to me. Also, I um, included some tips for cats and dogs and parents with small animals, including rodents, you know, dumb, uh, amphibians, reptiles, all different kinds of animals. And I, one of the nice things I put in my book is something called a lifestyle inventory, which means that you should go through your life and figure out, look at your emotional value, your financial value, and the family value to see, well, do I, can I really adopt a pet now? Maybe I should foster a pet. One of the biggest reasons I did this was because that whole emotional inventory factor is people should look and, and think about how do they feel about adopting or fostering an older or special needs animal? You know, are you really committed to helping that animal have the best quality of life that you can give them? Things like that. And um, as I said, there's also the option of fostering tips. That's a big help as well. Um, and I, I have to admit, one of the hardest chapters for me to write about was about pet loss, the Rainbow Bridge. That was the hardest chapter for me to write, but I put some information in there about that. And that also led me, again, Peggy, thinking about the pet trust and the work that you've been doing as well. I also included a glossary, a nice index, and some goodwill reminders to encourage people to adopt, not shock. So um, my book is coming out the spring of next year. That's my goal. So I'm working on things and finalizing the product. So thank you for asking me about this, Peggy. I'm very excited about this book. <laughs> you are. Well, congratulations, because it is very exciting anytime you have a new book coming out and and I know exactly what you mean about writing about pet loss. It's so hard because when you do that, it reminds you of every pet you've ever loved and lost. And yet right. sometimes we have to acknowledge that the price of love is loss. And yet right. I'm willing to do it over and over again, just because of <laughs> the joy that I get out of every pet that I've loved. I hate the idea of ever losing them, but I know right. that their, that the life that they had was a good one, that they brought so much to me while I had them. And, um, and that by opening my heart up again, I get to make a difference in yet another animal's life. Exactly. And that's the, those are some of the joys of adopting and fostering, as you said, Peggy, even though your pet, you may lose a pet, you're starting a new life for another pet who also needs a new home. And that whole cycle is an important thing because that's what life is about, giving back and receiving love from places you wouldn't even ever expect it. Because I think a lot of people don't understand that senior animals, and special needs animals, have all this love captured in their heart. They're just waiting to give it to you. So when you go and reach out to them, they will reach out to you as well. So it's really a nice relationship with some of these animals, definitely. It is for sure. Well, one of my favorite um, adoption stories is that I wanted to adopt a corgi and um, I found this corgi rescue site and there was a dog on there and she was an 11 year old corgi and when I saw her picture I knew she was my dog and I called them up and I said I, I want to adopt Sassy and uh, they said well we don't know you and you you know have to put in an application and we have lots of other people interested in sassy and i said well i bet you don't have a lot of people interested in her at age 11 and sure enough they didn't 
but um, I was able to adopt her and she lived to be 13 and a half years old. And I enjoyed every minute of her existence at my house. And I was so happy that we had that time together. Absolutely. You know, and you were the one that she remembers, you know, that Peggy, she remembers all that love that you gave her and the safety and the warmth that came from your heart. Oh, excellent story. Appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, when we talk about the Rainbow Bridge, all those animals waiting for us at the Rainbow Bridge, I'm going to have a big, giant party. <laughs> Definitely. I know. You're right, Peggy. It, it is a thing that touches your heart every time. I, I think about those little parakeets that, you know, pass along, and I'm like, each one of them had a name. They had their own personality. You know, I remember them in my mind and in my heart. And you're right. They're all going to be there. <laughs> the Rainbow Bridge. They will for sure. So I want to yeah. make sure that uh, folks who are listening know how they can find you. They can go to drpetmom.com. You can also find Dr. Pet Mom on Twitter and on Instagram and on Facebook. Yes, well, you can find me and you can also join, email me anytime at Dr. Petmail excuse me, at drpetmom at gmail.com. You can reach out to me, jump on my website. Anywhere you want to spell doctor, I'm there. <laughs> Dr. Awesome. Petmom. Well, that's yeah. good. Well, you have an updates page. You have a resources page. There's all kinds of information on Dr. Petmom's page and information that she provides in terms of resources and her community of pet parents. Um, tell us what kind of projects you're looking forward to um, in the future. Well, as I said, you know, one of the things is I want to do a little bit more volunteering for cat and dog rescue groups, just sort of, you know, encourage people again to adopt a senior and special needs animal. And one of the, as I said, that fun project that I really like doing is called, it's a small kennel quilt product project where I make and sew quilts for some of the animals that were affected by natural disaster. For example, you know, floods, hurricanes, wildfires, things like that. A lot of the rescue groups, when they go out and try to help these animals, they have those little pet carriers that you see all the time. And they reach out to us and ask us to make these small quilts that fit into these pet carriers. And when the animal is adopted, they bring the quilt home with them to their new forever home, which is really great. I love that part of it. So I enjoy making these little quilts. They also call them paw quilts, P-A-W quilts. And a lot of the animals, you know, these rescue groups, they send me pictures of the animals in their little quilts, and it's just a joy to see all those kinds of things. Those are some of the fun projects I'm working on. And as I said, I plan to write a series of books to encourage people to adopt special needs and senior pets as well. So those are some of the fun projects that I plan on doing in the next year or so, Peggy, yep, to start that off. I think to date, I've made about 350 quilts, now that I think about it. Yeah. So it's a fun project. I encourage anyone who wants to do some quilting, get involved and help the animals. That's a great project. I love that idea. And, um, and I know that shelters are so desperate for um, supplies, things like that, that the pets can use, including, um, you know, clean sheets and towels and things that can be used as bedding for the animals. Um, what a great way to give back, Dr. Petmom. Exactly, you know, and, and as I said, the the animal shelters and rescues are so grateful for these little quilts that come in from all across the world. It's just amazing. I never knew about this kind of thing, Peggy, you know, until I started to work with animals. And so, yes, it's very heartwarming to see people from around the world just giving this, giving and giving to all these animals to help them find their forever homes. 
Definitely. Very rewarding. <laughs> Definitely. Well, leave us with uh, the, the last thought for today and the thing that you would have us remember about you, Dr. Pet Mom. Well, the one thing I would encourage people to do is if you're thinking about expanding your, your furry family in any way, the first thought should be to either adopt or foster a senior or special needs pet. I don't encourage anyone to try to buy pets because, as I said, you don't know anything about the pet's history, where they come from, their health conditions, anything like that. But once you start to adopt, the staff will generally know more about the animal than you will know at that point. So I encourage people to adopt, don't shop for a pet, all right? And also, anything else you can do, as you mentioned, Peggy, try to help some of these rescue organizations. Try to give them any kind of donations that you can donate goods and services, anything you can do to help them because it helps the animals down the line. And also, you know, if you're more interested in Dr. Pet Mom, email me anytime at drpetmom at gmail.com and visit my website. Follow me on social media. I'm there for you. Okay. Thank you <laughs> Thank so you, much. And Don't forget, you. you can find her at drpetmom.com. You can find her on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. She's out there. She's everywhere. And uh, she's available to support your goals for becoming the best pet parent possible. And um, like Dr. Pet Mom, my motto is until there are none, please adopt one. And we sure appreciate you joining us here on All My Children Wear Fur Coats. We appreciate you creating a pet trust for your loved pets at Animal Care Trust USA. And we hope that you'll join us each and every week. Until next time, happy tales. Thank you for joining us on All My Children Wear Fur Coats with your host, Peggy Hoyt. We hope you learned something valuable for the benefit of your pet. We want to keep loved pets in loving homes by educating pet parents about the importance of ensuring every pet has a forever home. Get more information about creating a legacy for your pet at AnimalCareTrustUSA.org or LegacyForYourPet.com. Buy a copy of All My Children Wear Fur Coats, How to Leave a Legacy for Your Pet on Amazon. Join our email list or make a donation. Pet professionals and advisors are invited to join our trusted advisor network. Until next time, happy tales!